Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check us out on Instagram at Above180Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at Taking Your Bowling Game to the Next Level and on Twitter at Above180. So please check us out there as well and share with a friend. On this podcast, myself and Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast co-host Steve Klemkin catch up with Matt McNeil to talk about his new role at Storm and his path to college bowling. So enjoy and once again, share with a friend. Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy HighFiveGear.com. Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining us on the Above180.com podcast and Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Matt McNeil. Matt has four USBC Open Championship titles. Matt bowled collegiately at Wichita State University, where he helped them win the Intercollegiate Team Championships back in 2015. So, Matt, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us both today. Hey, uh, Tim. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, Matt, let's begin. There was um, was some big news that came out regarding you and your, your brand affiliation and a new position you have with Storm. So let's begin right off the bat by talking about that and some of your responsibilities and what you're going to be doing for the folks in Utah. Yeah, definitely, Tim. Um, I am the new global brand ambassador for Storm Bowling Products. And in that role, um, I'm going to be responsible for a lot of different things. I'm going to be helping out in a lot of different ways. Um, one of the duties will be to support all of the professional tours, so the PBA 50, the PBA, and the PWBA. Um, I'm also going to be working closely with all of our staff um, in regards with uh, coaching, education, um, physical development, mental development, and I'm also going to be working a lot of our amateur-sponsored tournaments, um, and like the military tournament, the TAT. Um, there's a big nine-pin no-tap tournament uh, in Las Vegas that Storm sponsors. Um, and then also I'm going to be working with uh, a lot with the Storm Youth Championships, um, helping out the kids there. And, and, and really just any, any venue where I can represent the brand in a professional manner and also help our fans connect with our products. That, that's really the big thing is I, I'm going to be on site at all of these events to help our fans connect with our products, find, uh, develop their skills, uh, help them connect with, with our brand and, and help them develop their arsenal and help them develop their physical skills and mental skills so that, so that they can enjoy the sport of bowling more 
through the use of uh, storm products. Well, that's uh, you know, and that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff, right? I mean, there's uh, you're talking to different uh, roles and responsibilities and a different events you're going to perform and uh, talk about maybe some different things and performing different types of roles. Is there a certain thing uh, that you enjoy either doing or talking about or helping with as far as, you know, when you're working with a, a PBA type of a player at a national event uh, like Jesper, like you did, uh, or maybe an SYC event where you've got a, a kid that averages, you know, 145 to 175, but he's really hoping to be a PBA uh, player at one day. Do you, do you kind of gravitate towards one or the other or maybe even a, a different direction than those two? You know, I, I actually really don't in, in, in a lot of the years of the of professional coaching that I've been doing, um, you know, the, the ultimate great feeling as a coach, and I'm sure a lot of other great coaches can attest to this is helping any bowler of any skill level achieve success is, is really the feeling that that is the most rewarding as a coach. Um, so that's really what I aim to do. And, and whether it, you know, uh, you know, I think it was like game five of the semifinals. Um, I got Rhino, uh, to make a pretty big change. And, uh, you know, we helped, we helped get him on the show. Obviously he's the guy throwing the ball. Um, uh, but I was just commu- able to communicate what I saw and, and get him to make a move. And we got him on the show. Um, that was a really rewarding moment for me, uh, to help out, you know, a guy that a I've competed against, uh, and with for many, many years, going back to junior Olympic gold, uh, but then be somebody I really ex- uh, respect and then uh, see getting them to uh, achieve that level of success is, is really huge. And, uh, you know, you compare that with maybe helping, uh, you know, a, a 140, 150 average bowler bump up their average 25 pins over a league season. And they, they write you a Facebook message or something like that. And they say, wow, that, that helps so much. I was able to raise my average from to 175 this year. And it meant a lot. That stuff mm. means just as much to me too. So um, there's really nothing in particular that, that I gravitate towards, but um, anytime I can help anybody uh, find success and, and find, uh, find their love for the game, uh, and for the sport that I have, that's really the most rewarding thing. So I watched, there's a video that you posted, uh, you, that Storm posted that you and Steven did regarding one of the the releases that's coming out, the uh, two of the releases, the fever pitch and the crux prime. And, uh, and those, that was, a, how was that for you? That was, you know, I think you've maybe done some of those a little bit in the past, but what was that experience like? It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a ball motion that I'm not accustomed to. Um, and, and that I, I want that I want to be, be sure that I, I relate this in a, in a positive and professional way. Um, it, it's a shape that I'm not used to seeing, which, uh, doesn't make it better or worse, but, uh, maybe for my game at this point in time in my career with my rev rate and what's currently going on in the sport of bowling, uh, it feels really good to see my, my ball shape like that. Um, so it was very, very exciting for me in that aspect. And, uh, you know, and, and to be at storm HQ with all the great minds, uh, of the sport of bowling, the, the people at the plant are just the most dedicated employees that, um, just love the storm brand. They love working for the company. They're very proud of the product that they put out, uh, into the marketplace. Um, to be in that environment and then obviously to get to work with Steve, um, who's a fellow shocker, one of the, co- one of the great coaches in the world and, and a guy that I've looked up to and respected for a long time. 
uh, getting to work with him, too, was an absolute treat. Much less on top of that, you know, having uh, really second-to-none equipment, stuff that's cutting edge in our industry, uh, being able to put that in my hands and throw it and, and watch it do what it did uh, was really, really exciting, and just it was just an absolute blast. So I, I was I, I really felt it was a big treat for me. One of the things that stuck out to me in that video was how you said it was a the the Crux Prime is for heavier oil, and so you were throwing on a heavier volume pattern, and you said you were able to make three different moves with it, where traditionally most players, at least on the amateur level, at least think, well, I'm just going to play up the boards with this. But that ball was able to give you three different looks based on what you felt you needed to do. Absolutely. That was, that was real. The real eye opener was the versatility of that ball on that fresh pattern. That's the pattern we tested on was, uh, mm-hmm. was absolute fresh two to one, 41 feet, 27 mils. Uh, that's a lot of volume, a very, a very flat pattern two to one. There's not much mm-hmm. shape there. And, you know, I could go, I could go in between, I could go right up and at them. And I could also, I got in for a few shots and just kind of slow wheel it. Um, you know, so, and then to see the ball go through the pins the way it did and make the shape it did down lane was just utterly impressive and absolutely bar none speaks to the types and, and, and the level of product that we're pushing out of storm uh, over there in Utah. It's just, it's second to none equipment. You, you know, it's funny too, and this didn't, this didn't make it in our video, Matt, but um, you know, uh, Hey Tim, this is, and this is, you'll, you'll enjoy this. We actually had a discussion as we, before we were shooting the video, just as we, you know, as Matt was getting kind of loosened up and stuff. And uh, do you remember when I asked that question about the sound and I said, Hey, we should put like some kind of like a decibel meter or something in here because you could literally hear the difference when we were, and it was, there were two of them back to back that just cracked the pin so hard that in the in the back I was that's when I kind of turned to uh, uh, Isaac, our one guy in the in, that works in R and D, and said, "Do we have a decibel meter here? We we can put up there by the pin setter because it was it was it was loud and it was uh, in the motion and the pin carry and everything. It was it was very impressive." Yeah, absolutely. It was it was pretty cool to hear, you know, as as a moderate rev player, right? You know, I'm about three fifty to three seventy five. Um, you know, as a moderate rev player to see your equipment hit like that, uh, that's really, really impressive. And just as a, as a player, that makes you feel like you can compete again. You know, like you can, you can compete with the 600 rev rate um, when, when you get a piece of equipment that gives you that type of hitting power. And then, you know, looking at talking videos, since we're kind of on that topic there as well, um, we just kind of batted around an idea, one of the nice benefits of having you uh, just uh, be in house here periodically. You're not going to be working out of Utah, but um, to be here periodically. As we were talking about this new uh, Arsenal prep uh, video that we were going to be shooting yourself, um, me, and Steve Richter, who's uh, Steve Richter is a three-time USBC Open tournaments champion, and uh, talking about the importance of a good arsenal for tournament players. So, kind of on on that. Now, don't don't give it all away because we want them to tune back in <laughs> when, it, when it comes time. But what do you think is the, you know, you've done a lot of coaching. What do you think is the main thing that you've seen? What kind of mistakes do people make typically when they're, they're trying to build an arsenal? Uh, I, I think one of the things that, that people, one of the pitfalls that people fall into is, is they find one ball or one layout that they really, really like. And so then they start copying that layout um, on, on other pieces of equipment and, try to use it at inopportune times. Uh, you know, when, when, you know, a lot of the top level pros, you know, 
like myself, I have three layouts I pretty much use across the board. Um, however, when I'm, when I'm looking for versatility, I'm not looking to bring three balls laid out the same. Um, I, I'm going to probably bring some, some layouts that are going to offer me different shapes and see different parts of the lane. Uh, so I don't physically have to manipulate the ball to try to create that shape and, or, and, or try to create the ball to, uh, to see a certain part of the lane. So I, I think that's one of the big pitfalls coming from working the tournament myself. When I, when I worked as an, as the showcase lanes instructor in 2013, a lot of people just don't come mentally prepared. Um, they aren't very, what I, what I like to call tournament sharp. Um, you know, and that is, you know, after the national anthem plays and you warm up for team, I tell you what, that first, those first couple of frames, the team event, I don't care who you are. Those are pretty hard frames. Um, mm -hmm. the people that are tournament sharp tend to be able to ease into the ease into their rhythm a lot sooner. They see the picture a lot clearer. They're more confident. They're more mentally quiet. And they just are able to go out and make great shots right away versus taking maybe a game, game and a half to really settle down and settle into their rhythm and then start making some good shots. But by then, you've already given up a game and a half. And it's pretty hard to win an eagle when you're a game and a half behind the eight ball. Well, and on that note, too, Matt, you get probably between, you know, on your pair, you're going to get maybe five or six shot balls if you're lucky. So you're you're barely even warmed up body wise, and then if your mind isn't there where it needs to be, now you're really behind the eight ball. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one of the the, the big things to harp on there is is making sure you you have a great stretching routine before you go out and ball because you're you know you're not going to get a lot of shots in. You know, if you have ten guys on a pair and you get ten minutes of practice, um, you know that's that's not a a great number of, of shots. So it's really important for you to be physically loose um, before you start throwing those shots. So you can really maximize all the shots that you get during practice. Yeah, that's one of the things I remember hearing at one point, which I always thought was a good lesson, which is there's a difference between loosening up and getting lined up. And if you're spending your time in practice, you know, trying to get loosened up, you still haven't gotten lined up. And now you're going to be using your, your time where it's counting, you know, for score, just, then trying to figure out where you're going to be playing. So that's a great tip there. Hey, what, what was it like winning, winning a national championship at Wichita state for you, Matt? Uh, probably the best day. Of, uh, I'm easily going to say this. And I've said this many, many other times. Um, it was the greatest day of my bowling career. And that, that includes all the Eagles I've won and anything like that. Um, to win with uh, 10 other guys, um, that I had spent pretty much, you spend just about every day together um, down there in Wichita. You're, you're practicing four days a week, working out. Um, you travel as a team. You do so many things together. And we all wanted that one thing. That, that was the real thing that was an absolute focus of ours that we worked towards so hard the whole entire time I was at Wichita State. So for that, for me to share that with them and for them to share that with me and, and to win that tournament as a team, as a, as a true, uh, 11 man crew. Um, even though we had some guys in the back, we had some guys in the city that really didn't throw shots. We won that together and to share that joy with those guys on that stage in Wichita, uh, with mm -hmm. a lot of the alum, 
and, and the city mm-hmm. behind us. It was it was just the best day of my career. I, I can I just can't put it any other way. I guess. Matt, your college bowling career took a little bit of a different path than what most folks do take. Talk about that. Share that with everyone. And then what can other people learn from maybe how you guided your way through college and getting your education and bowling at the same time? I took a different path, and it it probably, I think while I was going down that road, I figured I was probably doing it the wrong way. But having the hindsight that I do, I I think I did it actually very financially smart. Um, What I did was uh, right after right after I got done with high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I I know I wanted to bowl a lot. So I bowled a ton of junior tournaments. I mean, I was just a complete weekend warrior. I bowled, um, you know, three weekends a month competitively, um, all over the upper Midwest. And I was, by the time I was 21, I was able to amass a, a pretty large sum of scholarship money in my smart account. So, you know, when I was, about 19, I started taking a few classes at the local tech school, um, and then I uh, then I became kind of a, a full-time uh, person at, at the local community college, um, and I took, I had about, I think I took about a, a year, year and a half worth of just gen ed classes, um, and those classes easily transferred over to, um, in our state university system, so I was able to get all my generals done pretty much at a fifth of the price. Um, and I was still able to, to compete as a junior bowler, be a weekend warrior. And I was still able to work in the shop, which was very, very good for my development and gaining my technical knowledge. And I was still able to work in the bowling center, which was great because that gave me access to free practice. So, um, after I'd done that for a couple of years, I turned 21, I became an amateur. Um, and that's when I started as a full-time student at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Um, I did a couple years there. I graduated with a four-year degree in law enforcement and uh, associates or a, a minor in alcohol drug studies. And, and the tab was at, at when everything was said and done was zero. Uh, you know, I didn't have to pay a, a single penny out of pocket for that. Um, and that is because I, you know, I kind of was able to get a lot of the bulk class work out of, out of the way at the at the local uh, community college uh, for a cheaper price. And then by the time I went to the university, I was I was pretty much ready to go there. Um, obviously, some time went by. Um, I kept de- developing as an amateur player and competing, uh, you know, all over the country in the bigger amateur tournaments. And I was kind of able to make a name for myself. And that's that's really how I was able to go to Wichita State and enjoy the scholarship benefits that uh, that I did when I got my master's. So, you know, once again, when it came around, when I graduated uh, from Wichita State with my master's, you know, once again, the tab was zero. Um, I didn't have to pay anything out of pocket uh, to be there. So, you know, I got, in essence, a a master's for nothing. Um, You know, it it still was a lot of hard work and and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of traveling and bowling and being a weekend warrior. But um, at the end of the day, um, it's pretty hard to get a master's for, for, you know, nothing these days. So um, in a roundabout way, that's kind of the, uh, the lawn and winding road of, of how I, how I did the whole college thing. Man, that's a fascinating story. You could almost, we could have, we probably do another part two and three just on that, how Matt got to and through college. I mean, that's, that's something. <laughs> Holy cow. That's cool. Hey, last, uh, last question I have for you, Matt. Um, 
is relates to, and you had such a unique way, um, and I'm sure that's a, a way that would be, you know, lots of uh, kids could take uh, pieces and parts or maybe even all of that as a plan to go to school. But how do you, how do you what kind of rec- uh, recommendations would you have for a younger player that's trying to figure out um, what the right bowling program and right university is for them? I think as a, as a bowler, if you want to grow and develop as a player, which could be your ultimate goal, um, I, I think there's, there's a few programs that, that have great coaching that will really help you grow and develop um, as a bowler. Uh, I, and I'm a little biased, but in my professional opinion, if, you know, if I had a kid and I wanted them, A, to grow and develop as a bowler, but then, B, I wanted to, them to grow and develop as a person, um, there's no doubt in my mind I'd, I'd recommend that they seek out Wichita State and um, be under, under Coach Vatican and Coach Lewis there. Um, it's a second-to-none program as far as education and growth is concerned, not only as a bowler but as a student. I think they just set a record um, for, I think they had something like 20. Uh, That's right. Was yeah, 22. It yeah. was 22 um, academic yeah. All-Americans. Uh, yep. that's, that's pretty much everybody on the, all persons on both selected teams, which I, I think that's really an, a credit, uh, really a credit to how great, um, how great coach Vatican and coach Lewis, um, are at making sure the players not only advance as bowlers, but they advance as, as human beings and, and how they advance in their studies as well. And, and the great thing about WSU, it's centrally, centrally located in the country. Um, it's only about five hours from the DFW area. So I was able, when I was there, I was able to go down and bowl a couple regionals. There's a lot of tournaments you can drive to. You can drive to the Ozarks. You can drive to the Greater Tulsa Open. Um, you know, it's got a great bowling community. The city is, is, is very nice. Um, so obviously I'd recommend somebody going there, but you know, the other side of the coin there is, is you have to go to school, um, and go to an institution that's going to support what you want to do in life. So there has to be a great program there for you because, you know, if in the off chance that, you know, you don't become probably one of the top 15 bowlers on the PBA money list. Um, you know, bowling isn't going to pay your bills for the rest of your life. Um, I would definitely suggest anybody make sure when choosing a, a university to go to that, that first and foremost, that university has a program that, you know, you're passionate about and, and will offer you great opportunities in your field of interest. So I, I think it's, it's a little twofold, uh, Tim and Steve, when answering that question. Um, so first, I think the focus is on making sure that the institution has a great program in the area of study you're interested in and will provide you good opportunities for job placement uh, once you graduate. Uh, but then B, I, I think it's really very, very important that you go to a place that is going to help you grow and develop as a bowler, not just get playing time. And I can't stress that enough. I know a lot of people that go to programs where they can be the big fish in the small pond instead of being the small fish in the big ocean, which is a great learning and developmental uh, area to be in because, um, you know, it's really not about playing time. It really is about uh, growing and developing your skills as a bowler. 
Great advisor, Matt McNeil, global brand ambassador for Storm and former bowler at Wichita State University. Matt, before we go, please remember to check out BowlingThisMonth.com, bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource. All at your fingertips, BowlingThisMonth.com. Your ball reviews are down your left-hand side if you're looking for that latest and greatest uh, piece to add to your arsenal. Seeing an article titled The Three P's of Bowling Success. Want to check that out as well. Also, uh, how to bowl well in a team environment. So all sorts of great articles. These articles are really going to help you improve your game. Practical advice you can all use. So again, remember, check all that out. Bill Semsrod and his crew do a great job. Check everything out at BowlingThisMonth.com. And after checking out BowlingThisMonth.com, check out H5GBrands.com. Great shirts, dye supplemented jerseys, all sorts of stuff you're looking for there. You can, thousands of designs, no hidden artwork fees, great stuff. I had a podcast not too long ago with Lindsay Boomershine, the brand manager with H5G, where she talked about the process. Very simple, very straightforward. Check all that out, H5GBrands.com. They're also doing a special Use promo code ABOVE180. You'll get $20 off your order. It's a great deal, so check all that out. Reach out to them. If you're looking for that shirt, maybe you're going to bowl more tournaments this year. Maybe you're getting your team ready for nationals, for city, for state, whatever it is. Everything you need, h5gbowling.com. H5G Brands is where you want to check them out. All sorts of styles. Customize everything. They'll work with with you in the process of getting your shirts designed. H5gbrands.com. Check them out. And on that note, Matt, I want to thank you for joining us. And all the best of luck moving forward. And we'll certainly catch up with you down the road. Thank you, Tim and Steve. It's always a pleasure to be on the show.